Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is to recognize the true cost of email so you can use it more efficiently. Hiver, an email management program, recently published a report about how people deal with email. Their findings are sobering, though not surprising. According to the report, the average employee receives 180 emails per day and spends 33% of work time reading and writing emails. In a 40-hour work week, that's more than 13 hours. As the saying goes, time is money. And the report estimates that for Bay Area employees like Hivers, who are earning on average $142,000 a year, nearly $50,000 pays for their time spent emailing. In other words, while email may seem free, no postage or FedEx fees, no long-distance costs, it's actually pretty pricey. Despite pouring considerable resources into email, we may not be getting the outcomes we want. The Hiver report indicates that 40% of email goes unopened, and only 10% of emails receive replies. Email can be a tool for communicating efficiently and cost-effectively. But as these statistics suggest, it can also be a black hole of workplace time and money. Even if you get your email time down to a quarter rather than a third of your work hours, a quarter of any given worker's salary is a decent chunk of change. So what can you do to ensure that your use of email is an investment, not just a cost? Here are a few ideas. First, before you click to compose, Think about why you're communicating and consider whether email is the right vehicle given your purpose. Circulating an agenda for an upcoming meeting? Email can work well. Need to consult with your boss about a hiring decision? Well, probably best to stop by his office or pick up the phone. Second, choose your recipients thoughtfully. More recipients is not necessarily better. The two field should be reserved for those who need to take action based on your email. The CC field, which means carbon copy for those of you born after 1980 and was about generating a page that could be just a reference, can be used for those who don't need to actively respond to your email but want to remain informed. Of course, this can get complicated because sometimes people say that they want to remain informed and then they don't read any emails they're CC'd on. This means that CCing someone to get their tacit approval is usually not a good idea. If you CC your boss on your vacation coverage plan, her non-response doesn't necessarily mean she approves of your plan, or even that she's read it. If you want or need her approval, it's wiser to ask for it directly. You can send her an email saying, Allison, here's my draft coverage plan. Please let me know if you recommend changes. Otherwise, I'll email my team with this plan tomorrow afternoon. Now your boss knows that you want her to review the plan before you circulate it. She has a chance to weigh in on the plan privately before you've shared it with the team. And because you've set a specific time frame for feedback, you're able to incorporate any changes and circulate the plan on schedule. Third, use clear subject lines. An effective subject line lets recipients know the purpose of your email, including any action you're requesting and the time frame for the action. 
If you're sharing information or a document, the subject can simply identify what you're providing. For example, calendar of 2020 holidays and office closings attached. If you're asking a question or requesting feedback, say so in the subject. Then elaborate in the body of the email if needed. Your subject line might read, request for feedback on client proposal by end of day Friday. Your recipients know what they need to do and when. Clear subject lines are especially helpful when recipients are scanning email on a phone, which is what a lot of people are doing these days. They can identify any messages that need to be processed quickly. They can tell exactly what's needed and when, even before opening the message. Finally, don't bury your lead. In the body of your email, just like in your subject line, make it clear why you're emailing and what your recipient needs to do. Mike, I'm writing to get your insights about an issue with tomorrow's presentation. I'd appreciate your thoughts by email or phone, and I'll be available all afternoon. You can offer a quick outline of the questions you're grappling with after this introduction, in case Mike wants more context. But Mike immediately knows what you're asking for, without reading to the bottom of a long message, which he might not do. So, if he doesn't have to read to the bottom, he's more likely to give you the support you want. There's been much debate about the future of email, but at the moment, it's still a fixture of the workplace. And if you're spending a third of your time emailing, you want to ensure that's time and money well spent. You want to be sure you're achieving more with less distraction, because that's a message that we're all glad to get. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening, and here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.